0: Welcome back to Cornetto Minute, the soon-to-be daily podcast where we will analyze and celebrate Edgar Wright's Cornetto Trilogy one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli.
1: And I'm Nick Kamena assistant manager.
2: Uh, and I'm Mark from the DC Cinematic Minute podcast where we go minute by minute through all the films of the DC Cinematic Universe, DC Extended Universe, including Man of Steel and Donna Justice.
3: It's Ethan McKinley of the Two Minute Terminator, uh, one of the Minute Show family. Hi, everyone. And uh, thank you for having me on, guys. It's uh, a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, today we are discussing help the fourth episode of spaced series 2 um this is uh you know most notably this is the uh the one with the portfolio um oh yeah yeah and it's the return of the return of tires
2: um, <laughs> yeah big tires episode <laughs> big big
0: tires episode um so what are your what are your uh what are your first thoughts nick what
1: what what do you think about this episode as a whole well you know uh wa- watching this one i can't I can't get away with just calling whatever new episode we see my favorite episode, but I will say <laughs> I think this might be the best crafted episode. Um, Interesting. I was just okay. I was just so impressed with how uh, just I don't know I, I really liked how this episode um, showed how much growth our characters have gone through. It tied up some loose ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the it was the first time I could actually feel the show starting to end. Um, yeah, and, it's, and definitely, it's definitely it's
0: yeah. definitely reaching a third act
1: of the of the show. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. in, in a way that I really appreciated and it 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 called back to the first season in a way that's even more impressive, considering uh, this was before uh, serialized storytelling in comedy became kind of like the norm as opposed mm-hmm. to something crazily out of you know bounds. Uh, so yeah, I was really impressed with this one, and there's there's some really funny scenes and performances. Absolutely. Was this
3: intended? Sorry to cut you off. Was this intended as uh, two series only? I know us Brits like to like The Office. We do kind of like uh, we <laughs> I guess less is more. We end up doing like two or three series, then like cut it off and like our American uh, counterparts. Uh,
0: I don't think it was wasn't intended. There like, were they lobbying as... for
3: a third series back in the day?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think it was intended as as two series, but I I, I think they were just sort of taking it one series at a time. And so it seemed like each series they were just sort of thinking, well, if this is the end, then maybe this is how we'll wrap it up. And so they did that in series one. And then when they got a
3: series two, I think they kind of just tried to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I've got a personal connection to this episode. Actually, well, uh, Clive Rossley plays Damian Knox. He's actually my friend's dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Il- Ilona Russell. I'll send you guys some pictures over of them. But uh, he's, of course, in Thor 2 and Game <laughs> of Thrones and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that's Clive Russell. I've only yet ever seen until I was prompted to watch the second series. I've only ever seen it to the first series, remarkably. So uh, it's been a, a shock this week to go, oh, God, there's Clive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's interesting about that character of uh, Damien is it was actually between Clive and William Hootkins of all people. Oh um, yeah, were the two people who were down to play that Some role? Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and Porkins from Star
1: and Porkins,
3: Wars. Porkins, of course. I'm yeah, sure. his most famous role. And uh, what was he going to say? Uh, Flash Gordon. He's in that as well as the uh, scientist. Right. Right, right, right. I
1: always think of him as uh, Lieutenant Eckhart in Eighty yeah. Eight Batman. Shoot to kill, <laughs> of course. Um, so
0: yeah, I, I think that's really interesting that it, that was almost William Hukins. Um What about what about you, Mark? What, what's what are your kind of uh, overall thoughts of this episode?
2: Well, I like that Nick uh, stated like that he noticed so much growth because I was I also wrote down like um, because I had. I've, I'd seen this episode, you know, once during my many like watch throughs, but it was just like one of all the episodes, you know, just kind of like when you're listening to a whole album from start to finish, it just all kind of blends together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you told me that this was the episode we we're going to talk about. So I watched the episode and then I remembered it and I was like, oh, wow, it's pretty pretty good episode. I can't wait to talk about it. And then I like went back and started the series over again just to kind of prepare even more for this uh this session that we're doing and I noticed immediately I was like oh my god there's actually I didn't notice how much of a, a, a growth as I wrote down as well as like a jump from the first two episodes and then here we are now it's like it's it's more like I wrote down like it's a very solid episode mm-hmm. like just I feel like maybe you know if someone wasn't oh, didn't know much about spaced and they wanted to get into it. I, I might be like, Hey, this is a, start with this. And one. they like walked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, well, I don't know about start. Cause I don't want to like, don't quote me on it, but it's like, <laughs> it's a pretty good episode to walk in on and be like, cool. I like it. Yeah. I it's kind, they of a, hit it's their kind of a, stride lynch as well there, didn't they? Yeah. Sorry guys. I was
3: going to say they, they seem to have hit their stride. Edgar Wright seems to be like adding a lot more references and a lot more confidence. I think, mm-hmm. uh, for a British viewer as well, there's a, there's a ton of references to like, uh, Things like Grange Hill, which is like this children's uh, school drama, which I guess you guys wouldn't know about, but there's there's tons of like weird British subculture references from like TV shows that uh, like you can plainly see that Peg and Frost and uh, Edgar Wright grew up with. There's like, uh, it's peppered throughout, really. Apart from like the broader stroke ones, like of course, uh, I was going to say Taxi Driver, maybe Die Hard in the uh, ventilator shaft and things.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Well, and then there's the, I think I think my favorite, like of the, I don't typically like the sort of contemporary references that they make, uh, like the Matrix and, and things like that, just because, it, you know, it's a movie that just came out like two years ago at the time. Yeah. And so it feels a little, it makes it feel a little dated, but I do really love the Sixth Sense reference. Um, well, it, well, it, Frost just a hundred percent sells it. Well, and 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 it has it has uh,
1: Olivia Williams like she's like oh, there yeah. as part of the joke, which is uh, you know the such best. Such yeah, such a weird like ref, like like it, it's the rare instance of a hat on top of a hat actually working. Uh-huh. Right. I, I, I guess I guess because one hat only works because of the hat below it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just I mean I'm I'm all for. Olivia Willie. It, it's always cool when you go back to something in the past and see a performance by an actor you like from that period. It's like a, it's like doubly
3: special. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, might know this better than I do, but was space as acclaimed as it was back then? Because I know when, like, Shaun of the Dead, Dead broke big, that's weirdly when I kind of heard more about space and everyone kind of jumped on it uh, more and more. Do you, I mean... From I, what I, I understand,
0: remember. it was much more of a cult show. And actually, mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. think every... Every British uh, guest that we've had on so far have all said exactly the same thing you did, Ethan, which is that mm. they watched the first series and then just never got around to watching
3: series two until very recently. Because um, I didn't know at the time, like they they released uh, this like video, like this box with both uh, seasons in when Shaun of the Dead came out with like this like Star Wars Episode One esque kind mm-hmm. of Drew Struzani artwork and stuff. Not sure if you, you guys had that over there on like yeah, the, we did. You did, okay, yeah. I'm That's when I right kind now. of went, oh, space is like a thing now, because it was kind of, uh, it was in that kind of like uh, corridor of films. I mean, you've got like Peter P- Serafinovich and stuff, and uh, people from there was a show called Smack the Pony, which was like four kind of female comedians Simon Pegg and Kevin. Uh, Eldon uh, was in, of course. You've got uh, Reese Smith and Mark Gatiss, who are like mm-hmm. one of them. They did the Robot Wars episode, and then Mark Gatiss is like the Matrix agent with Kevin Eldon. They're part of the League of Gentlemen. If no one's seen that listening, uh, I highly recommend that. It's like this horror kind of co- uh, comedy mm-hmm. cult show.
1: And then in <clears> this <throat> episode, just I mean, like we already we already brought up tires, but just uh, Michael Smiley popping up is just yeah, yeah. It's he was in an awesome film, bro.
3: by the way, uh, an awesome film called uh, Kill List. If anyone's not seen that, uh, check it out. It divides audiences; people either love it or they hate it for its kind of weird twist ending. Don't look it up; just uh, watch it. But he plays the hitman in that. He's an awesome actor, Michael Smiley. Yeah, yeah. he is really great. And
1: mm-hmm. we'll talk about him a couple of years from now when he pops up in the World's End.
3: Yeah, that's very true. Mm.
1: Um <laughs> so uh okay, so I, I I
0: actually wanna flip the script a little bit and I wanna start sure. with the Brian storyline. Um, Ooh, okay. Because I, I mean, we've just seen Brian grow so much and I just I love that, you know, this this storyline is all about him lying to his mom. He has that little that little tiny <laughs> cell phone <laughs> toy cell phone yeah, that he's yes, using. Yeah. Which is really great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I just I love that, you know, at the end of this, he sort of makes a decision that he's going to tell the truth and come clean. Uh, and we get the sort of like, you know, the, the, the uh, reintroduction of the art montage um, mm-hmm. from series one. And I like how like kind of out of place it feels like here. It does.
1: It does look like when you when Harry Potter and like movie six remember something from movie two and you're like, oh, wow, we've come really far, haven't we? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I I like that. I like that they brought it back to make it feel it feels weird because you're like, oh, wow, this guy really has grown a lot
3: from like that pretentious artist we met in the first episode. (laughs)
2: Mm hmm.
3: I think that's actually my favorite episode when it's got like the weird, awful performance art things with the kind of uh, Lee oh, yeah. Barry esque makeup that uh, David Williams has on his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um,
1: I, yeah, I, I really enjoy how, um, I, I, I admire how much uh, Hines, Nate Stevenson, and Peg put on. Mark Heap in this episode and how how well he was able to like, yeah, like Brian is, you could argue Brian's kind of the protagonist of this episode and yeah. it you could do. He, he's, you know, to borrow phrases from from American sitcom television, he was definitely like the breakout character. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, and I, and I think, too, the, my favorite part about it is that he's spending this whole time lying to his mom about the truth and. When he finally comes clean, she's just like, oh, all right. Like, you know, I don't care yeah, you're not yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. I just want you to be happy. And I just like that it completely takes the wind out of the
1: drama, which is something that Wright, Edgar Wright uh, called out specifically in this commentary of something he really admires about about Peg's writing and A. Stevenson's writing, uh, which is just like their insistence of taking the gas out of a situation by making people friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 subversion through earnestness as opposed to earnestness through cynicism, which is I think so much easier. Like go on YouTube if you want to see that, but it, it it does take a certain I don't know. It like the the bit where the bit where Mike knows the security guard at the end, right? It's, oh yeah, he's just, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I I love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: I just love that because I love that he has a supportive mother because it just sort of. It leads, makes sense. Well yeah, right. It leads credence to what we've always sort of believed about Brian, which is that the pretentious artist shtick was like kind of an act. And mm, or that a shield. he's not Yeah, or a shield. He's not really tortured. He just tries
1: to convince himself he is because he thinks that's the only way you can be a real artist. Yeah. I mean, uh he 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 confesses that like his you know, when Butler staring at an arcade on fire moment was when his dog Pom Pom was hit by a van. And that's, <laughs> oh. that, that's such a cuddly origin story for a tortured yeah. artist.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know.
2: And, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, I think what I wrote down mostly for, like, the whole Brian arc was, like, it's so relatable, I think, just because, like, Sometimes I, I know I do personally, like when it comes to talking to your parents about like what you do for a living, like even this whole podcasting thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and also like my real job. It's just like I am very limited to what I, you know, say about what I do. And my parents are always like, what do you do again? And I feel like the more I tell them about what I do, because I used to be like, oh, I just do computer stuff. And then later <laughs> on, it's like, oh, I maintain servers and um, do da- database management and whatnot. And then it's like, Oh wow! And then they like as they glass th- over. Co- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, mm, uh, like yeah. thanks for the support, but I didn't like expect anything from that, mm-hmm. so that's nice. <laughs> and it it,
1: it it all it all felt incredibly, which is kind of becoming a, a something I, I've praised this season a lot for in particular. But it feels so emotionally honest to me, mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the the moment Absolutely. the moment where the mom wraps her. Arm around, Bri- uh, around uh, Brian's arms, like he's an artist. It's so small, but you, you, it feels so cathartic. Uh, yeah. And like Brian finding out that his dad also like wanted to be an artist, and that he has more in common with him than he thought. Like that, that happens all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and
0: then we got we our C story is uh, super small. Um, it's just you know, Martian Daisy <laughs> exercising. Which is just such a goofy runner, Um, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's a it's a goofy runner of a storyline because it's literally just like I can't exercise because
1: I'm too competitive, which is Mm -hmm. it. Well, it's taking a character who Mm -hmm. it's literally making Daisy get off her ass and get moving, Mm -hmm. which is it. it, She's like insisting on not doing, which again, like as as an artist, as a creative, or just anyone young living in the city, like yeah, you you have to learn how to start your own engine and that that can be a very awkward, uh, painful process. But yeah, I, I was so in love with like the two seconds of Marsha and Mike, like, like working
3: out upstairs by themselves. Mm -hmm. I like to think of her as the same character she plays in Alan Partridge. Not sure if you've uh, seen that, but, uh, there's uh, a few episodes of alan Parch, i think in the first series where uh julie deacon who plays marsha plays a very similar kind of uh chain-smoking like character with the same like uh kind of almost like uh upside elliptical hatchet mouth like <laughs> she does <laughs> yeah, that like tight mouth kind of episode, thing <laughs> as a matter of fact mm-hmm. yeah that's it yeah no. he kind of uh dumps her in the back of the car doesn't he over the radio and she's there uh... <laughs> <laughs> I always I like to think it's the same character. She just moves on with the life and then she becomes this kind of landlady and spaced. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, well, and speaking of that scene of her uh exercising with uh, uh with, with Mike. Mike, that actually sets up um first thing I want to talk about in the main storyline, which is just the friendship of Tim and Mike. Uh and and yes. how it's yeah. sort of like, especially in this episode, because we've gotten sort of glimpses of it. Here and there up to this point. But this is the one where it's really like the whole episode is kind of focused around their friendship in a lot of ways um, and how they kind of interact with each other as people. And I think that um, there's something really special about the the way that Nick Frost and Simon Pegg act with each other that I don't think was really a thing up until then like that kind of male friendship of just well yeah
1: and and it it it's what and what peg and frost like to do as and this is kind of a theme of the cornetto trilogy but they they find such humor in poking fun at like the 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 concept of like machismo and -hmm. male friendship and like all that It, it i don't know how much more prevalent it is in england but definitely in america there is kind of this like it's going away, but I remember when I was growing up. Like, yeah, guys don't hug or guys don't say that they love each other. Or like, if there is, you have to puncture it with the like, I'm not gay, you know. Like, mm. and one regret <laughs> that I do have is like, what in in the commentaries, uh, Wright and Peg and Hindsay Stevenson have said that, uh, canonically but unspokenly, Mike is 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 a gay man is a is uh is attracted to men mm-hmm. and. I I think that would have just been and, I, and I'm not this isn't necessarily a criticism but I just think that would have been such a special thing in 2001 to see like a a geeky straight guy unabashedly being in like platonic love with a gay man as like his best friend.
0: I mean, uh, I, he kind of is though, right? I mean cuz I mean well, he, he is. Yeah, just, he is I I always it's even bromance. before they talked about it, I picked up on the fact that Mike was gay. Um, even before listening to the mm-hmm. commentaries, because I mean, all the clues are there. They just don't come out and say it because I don't. I don't know that Mike is necessarily out. Um or but even, I like think, aware of it? Yeah, or maybe even aware of it. Yeah, but I think, <laughs> but I think Tim knows. He seems and, too innocent. Yeah, right. And so I, I don't know. I, 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 I like it. And I, but I, yeah, mm-hmm. just like their friendship. Like I just love like. You know, Tim wants you. Does he want me or need me? He
1: needs you? All right, I got to go. And then he, like, leaves. And and this wasn't even dialogue, but there was a moment towards the end where uh, they're trying to get up into, like, the vents. And Tim is on top of Mike. And I was like, oh, they literally, like, make a good team. Because he's, Uh like, oh, he's, like, the stocky, strong base and Tim's like the tall, skinny. Like I can reach it. Then, like the fact that they know that about <laughs> each other. You can imagine them like being like silent film companions. Just
3: oh like yeah. Get a do you know how those? Do you know how those three got together? Peg, Wright, and uh, Frost. Do you know anything about the history? Because they like obviously they've carried on since then, and we associate them like Abbott and Costello, or any other like not comedy. Mm-hmm. Because they're not really exactly. Comedy, well, Nick, comedy, Nick, but,
0: Nick but, uh, and uh, Nick, Nick, and Simon were roommates. Um, OK. And and this character of Mike is just a character that Nick would do like around the house. And so when Simon got spaced, they wrote that character into the show. Nick Frost had never acted before. Um, yeah. Was
3: it not a fight with, uh, I guess, Channel 4 that produced the show? Did they not want him? Because that famously happens, doesn't it? Where mm-hmm. you have to kind of go, uh, oh, my friend would be perfect. They're like, no, we want Tom Hardy or yeah i think something like tom hardy would have been an incredible mike watt just 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 really loves dogs
1: and guns hello timmy (laughs) with his bane voice yeah with his bane voice um or his lock voice lock voice would be terrifying as mike
0: um but uh yeah i don't know i really i do i do like this um this whole dark star comics storyline I, I think it's interesting introducing Sophie this far into the show because she sort of becomes like a mainstay for the rest of the series. And mm. the way you
1: always forget, you, you always forget Sophie.
0: Right when she shows up, I'm yeah. like, oh right, her. <laughs> yeah.
2: When I uh, when I saw this episode again, and then like I watched the next one after, and she so- shows up again, and I was like, wow, really that she's. Actually, I thought it was just kind of like the episode was just going to end there, and it was just going to be like one of those things. That yeah, the they, cute girl from the like, office right. that covered his ass, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then that would be it. But then she, uh, they do talk about like going on a date in the next episode, and I was like, oh, this is actually going to be a thing now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, but I, I do mm-hmm. enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, no, I, a- I think it's just an accident, but like the fact that Sophie looks so much like Rachel from Blade Runner... uh.
2: I can't believe, yeah, it, I like it's it, literally it', it it's just an
0: accident. Like they said in the commentary, like she just showed up looking like that. And they were like, well, she looks like Rachel it was an from accident. Yeah, she
1: looks like Rachel from Blade Runner. Let's cast it was her. for a, it was it was for a previous role. and she like right. still had the hair
2: right. yeah, oh wow. yeah. I wrote that down. And like as soon as I was watching the episode, like I started it and I was like, is she, is this a Blade Runner thing? And then I like typed in the Blade Runner cast, and I was like, she reminds me of someone. And then I was like, I saw Rachel, <laughs> and I was like, is this what they're doing? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. I feel it's like, also post Matrix as well. I, I actually
3: thought uh, Trinity because of the haircut. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a little of that because, too, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because they referenced the Matrix. In, was it was the second or the third episode, so I was thought, oh, they're going for a kind of Trinity kind of thing. That's going to uh, mm-hmm. well, they Matrix them. They
0: they, they reference the Matrix in this episode. Uh, with uh, Mike's imagination yep. of <laughs> you what it is yeah <laughs> what how to get the portfolio back um they do
3: the they reenact the lobby scene from the matrix um How did you guys uh, come to know about this show? Like back in the day, was it appeared on like American TV? Or was it something that kind of maybe Kevin Smith or someone on the the geek circuit has mentioned that people should like check out?
0: It was after Hot Fuzz came out. We got the box set that you were talking about with the episode one Struzen kind of artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, That box set came out. And I think it was also right after McG tried to make a – uh, spaced uh, American version an the American film director Yeah 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 He tried to make a <laughs> He tried to make a Spaced uh, TV series In America And he, he made a pilot And it It was awful And didn't get picked up um, But uh, So that when The box set came out The big quote on the top Is from Quentin Tarantino That says The one and only Spaced except no substitutes So um, it was like a quote from Quentin Tarantino, uh, but yeah, I mean, Hot Fuzz was like, you know, Space found an audience, or, or um, Shaun of the Dead found an audience. I think mostly after it came out on DVD, but Hot Fuzz was like, uh, like a pretty, you know, middle of the road, like solid theatrical hit, yeah, uh, and got a really I think good that's my favorite, one of
3: the three as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it got it got a pretty good audience, and then at that point, they were like, well, I guess we could just release. This TV series over there, and sell that, and like at the time, like TV box sets were starting to sell really well. So I think it all just sort mm-hmm. of came out around that time. I I got the discs from Netflix, and then um, eventually
1: bought the set when the price went I down. Can't for the life of me remember what channel I wa- I, I I never owned Space on DVD before doing the show, mm-hmm. uh, so I can't remember if it was like on Comedy Central or Sci-Fi or BBC America but i do remember watching the episodes out of order but like being able to piece together like oh i guess this is a series 2 cuz it like looks a little better like the like i think the first episode i ever saw was actually the one we're going to be talking about i believe next time which is the uh the the
2: gunfight the male psyche episode mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh i i definitely saw this so like i saw Shaun of the dead why well, for the most part like when Shaun of the dead came out i really didn't care to watch it or anything mm-hmm. because it was in my opinion well back then i thought it was just going to be like a zombie parody film kind of like uh the scary movie franchise so it's, i didn't well, i didn't give it any credit back without then, the context so I, I passed of on it. without
0: the context of who made it or what it's about or anything just the title sean of the dead is is not it, it doesn't inspire confidence
2: <laughs> it's a real groaner i gotta be honest yeah, right. but i saw that movie on comedy central one time uh and i was just kind of like mm, all right i watched it and i did all the intelligence of it kind of just went over my head uh and then it was like years later when hot fuzz was on hbo and I, for some reason, was like, I'm just going to watch this film. And I didn't know that it was the same people who did Shaun of the Dead. But I sat down, I watched Hot Fuzz. And I don't know what happened, but it, like, hit me in the brain right then and there. And I was like, I love this movie. I want to be in that, like, <laughs> that universe. I like, And then, um, yeah, like, just the whole thing about that movie was just so great to me that that's when I put two and two together and do the useful tool called the internet i found out that they also did Shaun of the dead so then i watched it again and realized how great that movie was more than you know um i think the first time i watched Shaun of the dead i I didn't even understand that it was british i think it was just like i thought it was just a film (laughs) then i was like oh it's like these guys um and then (laughs) and that's when i went to go look for space and then i used the internet to find those episodes and now they're available on hulu (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh really okay yeah but
0: uh, yeah, what what about you, uh, Ethan? When when did you did you did you watch that first series when it aired, or did you find it later?
3: No, I knew of it because I have friends that work at at the time. <clears throat> sorry, London MTV. So they used to run uh, this uh, pub quiz at the Boogaloo, uh, which is a pub in North London. A lot of kind of people like Shane McGowan of the Pogues go there, and uh, mm. God, you just a, a, a myriad of kind of like uh, you know how can I say it, like, uh, not be actors, but kind of like people that you see in working space actors. and things, and Alan partridge all these, like, comedy troupe people, working actors and people and people on the inside and producers. Uh, Edgar Roy actually showed up to the pub quiz one night. I didn't know who he was, and we got put on a, a team together, and uh, we kind of won that evening of the, the event, uh, and we won the Romero Trilogy box set, and he already had it, apparently, so he gave it to me. So that's nice. the first time I oh, knew nice. anything about Edgar Wright. <laughs> uh, so it's only kind of after then that I was told and put two and two together that you kind of made space and Shaun of the Dead was actually out that year. It was two thousand and four. So uh,
1: how heartbreaking would that have been kind of... if it had been like, I want another one. You can't have this. I want. One. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, well, I kind of already had the second one, Dawn of the Dead. So I was like, oh, I kind of got the second one and. Mm-hmm. i don't know do you want this he's like well i've got it twice i've actually got it signed by george ramirez so i was like oh okay i'll have this but that was our interaction uh that was the end of the evening and he went away and then i was talking to my friends I'm like yeah that was edgar right and i was like why does that name sound familiar i went mean, because he made space so i was like Ugh! he directed I don't know that dawn and french and then it, christmas special <laughs> he did he did indeed i said well it's <laughs> what's remarkable about edgar is he started kind of uh Almost like Spielberg filming stuff on Super 8 and things at like fourteen and things, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I don't know how he pulled it off, but he starts kind of directing uh, comedy for like Channel Four at the age of like is it twenty one or something or nineteen? It's ridiculous. You know, th- those will be like- those will make some really good
0: hiatus specials. Nick is like if like between. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. If we go back and
1: like watch his like old Super Eight movies that he puts on his bl- on the Blu-rays, you know, uh, I I still hold a candle that I'll someday be able to sit down and watch a fistful of fingers. Uh, yeah, the one, one day
0: he's <laughs> working on special features. That's what's taking so long.
1: Oh, cool. Well, good. He, I'm glad he's not yeah. Just, like, he doesn't. He don't. Them.
0: He doesn't want to pull put out like a naked Blu-ray. He wants. He likes special features, but you know the movie's so old, it's hard to track down stuff. Apparently,
3: actually, do you know what? Is there a reason for? Uh... Clive Russell, Damien Knox's kind of blind in one eye thing was it just like a it's choice a, that they made?
0: Well, for on on Peg's uh, uh, Peg side and, of things, he wrote it into the script as a reference to Preacher. Um, okay, but but that's why he's got mm. the black
3: hair and the all black and the kind of uh, the, well, and
0: the and the the, the, the eye is a hair star um, thing. Uh, but the but but Edgar had never seen or read Preacher, so. He was, oh, okay. he was, I think he's more referencing like a Bond villain kind of well, and idea. Yeah, and, like,
1: and they mentioned in the commentary, yeah. he sort of does carry himself the way that like the Garth Ennis type, the Mark Millar type, you know, the sort of like rock mm-hmm. star comic guy that existed in the really early 2000s.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is uh, the second name Bisley, Simon Pegg's character, Tim Bisley, is that a reference to uh, Simon Bisley, the famous comic book artist of like uh, and? 2000 AD in England and stuff, and he did like uh, some, I think Entirely concept possibly. work for Alien Three. Yeah, and that yeah.
1: sounds right. I mean, they've characters in this show have been known to be holding the odd copy of 2000 AD. Yeah.
0: We've also we've also <laughs> talked a lot about how um, there are sort of like first draft. Uh, ideas in space that make their way as like final products in the Cornetto trilogy or Edgar Wright's other films eventually. And there's one here um, where Daisy is describing uh, why she's such a competitive uh, exerciser um, and why she can't, she can't like play sports or anything. And it sort of cuts to this like comic book flashback that, Reminds me of the the
3: oh, That's the Grange Hill from Scott Pilgrim.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's yeah. sort of the Grange Hill reference that Ethan was was bringing up earlier as well. Oh, is that what that was?
3: Uh, yeah. If you type in Grange Hill intro or Grange Hill theme on YouTube, you'll see it. It's almost like a verbatim. I mean, the the theme tune is exact, but uh, the animation is very much meant to be a pastiche. Oh, and homage interesting. That. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's
0: very very visually similar to the flashback story in uh, Scott Pilgrim with. Um, I think it's Brandon Ralph. I think, his yes. character, um, explains his origin story, and it's like a com- it's like a comic book like that.
1: It also really reminds me of the the special features from the Sean DVD that we'll talk about where it shows mm-hmm. like, alternate fates or, you know. Right. Like,
3: Oscar, yeah. Oscar Wright's uh, deleted scene thing yeah. that he did, yeah. Why well, hasn't Jessica Haynes been kind of associated? Because it's always been like Peg Wright Frost, but she's like the co-creator of Spaced. Mm-hmm but uh, she always seems to kind of be, almost be forgotten or brushed under the rug or never mentioned in the same breath or been kind of, I guess, swept up. I know she has like a cameo in uh, Shaun of the Dead along with the, like uh, right. all the other kind of British. Well, we've been, we've been trying
0: to do our best to like, you know, give credit where credit's due with her. Because I mean, she's a big part of, you yeah. know, what what makes this show so special. Like, and, so, and, and so
1: unlike the rest yeah. of the right canon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She, she's um, had a really also, sturdy work uh we, upon doing this show we uh, we found that she has you know been kept pretty busy on the other pond but not not a lot of stuff that has like gotten over here for whatever reason right
3: because also i think she represents which i don't think was also seen up until this point maybe not even that much since the kind of female version of like peg and frost or that kevin smith type cat that mm-hmm. kind of schlubby uh nerdy kind of like uh like all kind of all, we all know at least one or two girls like this that we've perhaps lived with or dated, or you know, you know, bonded over some like inane, silly kind of piece of pop culture. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, it seemed to like a pop and gone. It was. It disappeared. It didn't seem to like uh, carry on. Yeah, it's a, it's a crime.
0: Yeah, it is. I we mm. we've said. Yeah, I, I think it would be really cool if now that they're done with the Cornetto trilogy, if um the next time they did a movie together, if they did it with Jessica.
2: Yeah, um, just to absolutely, just to
0: sort of like go another round, but like do something a little different than the Cornetto trilogy was. I think that'd be really yeah. cool, and sort it'd of be, a it'd be 40. Uh, right? And it would be like a cool like. Um, way to sort of do almost a third series of space but not really like, like kind a of a spiritual type thing as yeah. mid yeah. Right. yeah
3: like, like have
0: Julia Deacon successor. show up
1: as like their their realtor <laughs> or like Mark yeah, Heap yeah. as like Simon sure. Pegg's brother like have everyone come back in a spiritual successor kind of way
0: right would yeah. be really fun. I think that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> um I uh yeah, I
2: hope it's not like the oh I'm sorry no no go ahead oh I was, I was like I hope it's not like the business that like kind of brought Edgar and Simon and Nick up, but like kept Jessica kind of in the shadows and well, because ca-
1: it's it, yeah. careers are it's really just, complicated, weird things, and they're they're super easy for people on the outside end to speculate on. Like, I mean that that's what film Twitter is for. But <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, well, they must Lord and Miller must have gotten kicked off of Star Wars because this. I know the reason. Yeah, yeah, but. W- you, you know, you'd like to hope that uh, it's been like just the reason that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck haven't been in a movie together since Good Will Hunting or Dogma, you know, just like one of those things. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just I
0: think it's just the thing that Shaun of the Dead was bigger yeah, than I, they I think... thought it would be, I think, yeah. maybe.
3: I don't think it's a malicious thing on Peg and uh, like Wright and Frost part. I just think because they got so kind of like glued together as a unit Mm -hmm. uh, with Sean and the Dead. But it does beg the question: Is it Kate Ashfield who played Sean's girlfriend? Wouldn't that have been her part? I don't think she wanted it. I don't think she wanted it.
0: I think I because I think that she wanted to do other things, and I think they also like the idea of her being the female Sean in that movie
1: yeah you know because she's Liz. like leading
0: her own group of yeah. uh people um so i, I think that their thought was that, that. and then and then they made hot fuzz which was even bigger and then it just sort of like kind of stumbled yeah. out I'm of gonna, control i'm gonna look into see point. if there's
1: any legal way to obtain uh up the women her her suffragette series i really like to see what her writing mm-hmm. evolved into over the years yeah for sure
2: yeah, and I think that would be it would be an even worse situation if they were just like, okay, Jessica's just going to be Simon's girlfriend. It's like, no, she can be, you mm-hmm. know, the female Sean because she is her own sure. kind of person. And, so and she's like- her
0: own writer and she didn't have anything to do with the the, you know, the creative side of Sean of the Dead, so um I I would rather her just sort of like come back and join back up with them and them all create something together, I think. Yeah.
3: Is that ever likely, yeah. though? Are they are they going to do a kind of like trio thing? Because like you said, Edgar's kind cool. of like uh, <laughs> taking his career to another level and done something kind of outside of the Cornetto world now. I know I know. Uh, Wright
0: and Peg have said they want to work together again on something that isn't a Cornetto kind of movie because The World's End, they really put the cap on that sort of um, yeah. type of storytelling. And so they if they do something again together and they want to, they want it to be really different. So... Yeah, I would just i my my suggestion is that they they definitely bring Jessica back and and have her help out because I think that would be
2: just uh, put put uh, Jessica in the in the driver's seat and make you know Simon Pegg a supporting character. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think they should wait like twenty more years and really
1: like <laughs> Twin Peaks twenty really really Twin Peaks <laughs> to return it like <laughs> after they've all like gotten all their riches and gold, just like come back for one last quiet trip. If they do that, if they
0: wait another twenty years, then I do want it to be Space Series Three,
1: just because it would just be so (laughs) weird and random. Of like, really, now, right now, you're gonna do it? You're sixty years old. Yeah, they've like they've gathered they've gathered for like Marcia's
3: funeral or
0: something. (laughs) Oh no, oh
3: no. Yeah, like a Peter's friends Uh, with Kenneth Branagh type thing, or a four weddingsy kind of angle. Yeah, (laughs) some morbid thing that reunites them.
2: Yeah. And by that time, Mike has come out and God knows what Brian's doing. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Um, so any any
0: uh, closing thoughts on uh, on this particular episode or just based in general, guys?
3: Uh, as I'm new to the uh. second series, I was just going to say it's, uh, you can see where it's kind of going. You can see where, like, Sean is coming out of beyond the references. Like, Edgar Wright's much, like, seems a better director. They seem much more confident. It's like, uh, you know, they. I guess they're swinging their uh, – comedy dicks and things it's uh it seems like a much like better put together uh more confident show Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely Um,
0: more confident i think it loses a little bit of it's like punk rock energy that that series one had yeah Um, but but i think you're right i think i think it is a much better um you know, it's, it's Oh, you mean
3: it's because it's more polished. It's a bit more yep. conventional versus the first one was kind of more random and crazy. Yeah, right, yeah, right,
0: right. So it loses a little bit of that charm, but I think you're right. It does become a better show overall as a result. I think you're right.
2: Yeah. Um, just to kind of wrap things up, um, I just... And to restate the, the Brian and his mother arc, like I just thought that was just a very sweet and honest arc. Um, the... The thing with Jessica um, and Marsha, i forget the actress' name. I'm very sorry. Um, it, like, I think one of the parts I really laughed about was just that comic strip part because of. And I think is the way she, is it? Do they call it basketball netball? Am I missing something, or is that another sport? Um, Ethan, you want to? Oh, in England, yes,
3: yeah, netball, but it's kind of like a girls' uh, team thing where it's not as kind of uh, not violence, but not as kind of like uh, physical as uh, basketball.
2: Ooh. It's not NBA Street. Yeah, we have rounders um,
3: as well. That's our version of uh, baseball rounders with a tiny little bat
2: <laughs> and a softball. Yeah, stuff like that always fascinates me. Like just different versions of our uh, weird um, English customs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, netball. What is that? What are they doing? Well, what's
3: that? Like, oh my like god. A, what's a yeah, lift? A lift. <laughs> what's, a tr- what's, um, what's a boot?
2: And then I don't know. I think tires. just so solid in this episode. Um, One of the things that I thought was great was when he... um, I think he gets, like, upset in the very beginning of the episode. I guess they don't, like, really acknowledge him or something. Yeah. And there's, like, this vlogging-style, like, quick cut. Every line that he says, like, every sentence has, like, a different cut. Mm -hmm. And I... Something about that added so much humor to it because it was changing just slightly different camera angles, and it was just... It was very, like, modern vlogging, but it was, like, him on a rant, uh-huh. and I thought that was just yep. truly hilarious. It's sort, just of a, it it's sort
0: of an interesting kind of, like, visual representation of, like, you know, what it feels like to talk to someone who is bipolar. Um well, I think also the,
3: the intonation is he's this massive kind of, uh, like, in the UK, especially, I guess, in the early 90s, we had, like, Acid House and Raves mm-hmm. and, like, people taking pills and stuff and getting kind of off their, their head. And he's like, he's he's very much uh, like that kind of character. That's what they're kind of conveying. It's, I think it's really well done the way uh, Edgar Wright's done it. There's this kind of like uh, not acid casualty, but it's kind of like perhaps ecstasy, ecstasy casualty. His mouth and mind run a kind of mile a minute. And he's kind of, uh, (laughs) you know, he's almost like his brain is like quick cutting to different things and he can't keep up. Mm -hmm. Different emotions, different, different,
0: thought processes
3: like yeah just,
0: yeah he's all over
3: the place well you see that in the club as well isn't it when they're kind of all being very complimentary to each other and like love right. each other and stuff it's uh it's right. it seems very accurate
2: i knew a dude who like uh he kind of like we've all known that dude his back <laughs> yeah well like yeah. he you know he did acid once and like every time he kind of cracks his back and he like twists it to like crack it he like gets a little bit of a trip and he like kind of gets in like a weird and then we like look at him oh, like, a like, oh, he's... like a glow yeah, stick like a glow stick yeah like glow stick exactly did you it guys all like, call him all right, glow stick go. because that's what
0: i would call him <laughs> he, beat, he bleeds black like blood oh my god i'm going to i'm going to write
1: that character into something nick write that down <laughs> <Done>. glow stick <laughs> also i uh, just looked that? it up right now and up the women is available for everyone with a subscription to hulu oh wow so they get on that. it everybody
0: all right, there we go. Something and to I do. I look
3: forward to the Kevin McClory, uh, Albert Broccoli uh, copyright fight over glow stick in ten years when the movie's a big hit. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> they want to do
2: the glow stick spinoff feature. <laughs> it's like a superhero, like Bane, but it, like the Venom's in his system. So all he has to do is like crack. There'll be a his, Never like, Say Never something. Again
3: off-brand version, won't there? He's <laughs> gonna make your back for one
1: more adventure.
2: <laughs> Get it back. Oh. The wig is real. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, guys, thanks for uh, joining us for this one. Uh, why don't you tell people uh, where they can find you? Uh, Ethan, we'll start with you.
3: Oh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you again for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure. I've not spoken for so long since Back to the Future Minute. It's been uh, lovely, so thank you. Uh, Mark, nice to meet you. Uh, Ethan McKinley, of course, is my name. You can find me at two uh where you can watch me dismantle five Terminator films. That was a mistake. I should have just done one, one film, then moved on Ooh. to a different movie, I think. <laughs> But we finished it in the end. Uh, you can also see me at uh, Questionable EMC on YouTube where I do various uh, film breakdowns and interviews with uh, people in in and out of the entertainment industry. So there we go.
1: And Mark, mm-hmm. where can we find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And you can also find... DC Cinematic Minute, the podcast that I do where we talk about Man of Steel, Donna Justice, Suicide Squad, and eventually Wonder Woman, Minute by Minute uh, at DC EU Minute.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I uh, I look forward to having both of you guys back on when we're uh, talking about Shaun of the Dead. And, uh, yeah, and, let's and Mark, do it. I, I certainly look forward to uh, talking to you about Dawn of Justice uh, in a
2: few months. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. Alright,
0: <laughs> well, uh, we will be back in a couple of days with another one of these Bye everybody.
1: Bye. Thanks bye. Love you. Bye, bye bye.
0: Bye.